This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, and with me, Cam Raslan, today we have the returns of, he is an actor, a writer, filmmaker. He is Na'am Murad. Hi, pleasure to be back. Great to have you. And she is a producer at BFM who uh, recently, older listeners may remember, cut off her hair for charity. I can see it. It's growing back. Uh, she is Danya Nair. Hi, good to be back. <laughs> Well, wow, congratulations on, well, growing your hair back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And she, raised, she raised a lot of money. She raised a lot of money. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You charge by the hair, is it? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, that would be very pedantic. Okay, so our three topics today are, topic number one is, are weddings still necessary? Topic number two is um, problem versus dilemma in Godzilla. And finally, topic number three. No, it is true. And finally, topic number three is: um, is CGI any good? So, uh, topic number one, Danya, uh, weddings are they necessary? Are you? Do you have news to tell us? <laughs> no, I don't have news to tell you guys. Um, and full disclosure: this is not because I'm bitter or anything about being single. Okay, um, it's just that <laughs> it is. It is the season for weddings right now. Um, and I think after the pandemic, there's been a rush um, to have weddings. Um, but I also found that a lot of my peers uh, who are around the same age as me, I'm 29, um, are sort of preferring to just register and not have weddings anymore. Um, they'd rather save their money or they sort of non-committally say, um, you know what, I might have a party later on, but I'm just going to register first and that's done. So I'm wondering, yeah. <laughs> so I I'm wondering if if weddings are still necessary in this day and age, or is it more of a relic of the past that is sort of being put on us, um, like the pressure to have it culturally? Because I know a lot of people also who have had weddings, and it's because their parents have told them this wedding is for me, your children's wedding will be for you. Um, mm. You know, yeah. so I, I'm wondering if we still need to have that because it just also seems to be like pressure from other people to celebrate themselves. Have you ever gone to a wedding where you've seen a couple enjoy themselves during the reception? It seems very <laughs> stressful where people are just like, I want to take a picture with you and the next person comes up like, I want to take a picture with you and you got to go and go around, meet people. Um, and in an Indian wedding, especially, I can imagine if I get married, there'll be a lot of relatives from India who I've never met before or who I've met when I was a baby and be like, oh, do you remember when I met you? And in my head, I'm going, obviously not. Um, yeah. you know? that, sounds, that sounds great. All of that sounds great. Does, does it sound great? It sounds exhausting to me. It is exhausting. It's a wedding. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it, is, um, it is very, very superficial. Uh, I, I think what, what you mean, right? Mm -mm. It's not like you have 20 of your favorite people in the world and you get to spend a whole evening with them or maybe even a weekend uh, with them. Uh, yeah, th these weddings are like you're touching base with 300 people very quickly. You're spending a lot of money for it. Uh, it's, it's, it's for show. Yeah, you're, you're, like, um, you're, you're like something put out on display. You do get that feeling. I, I did get that feeling when, when I had my wedding with my ex-wife many, 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 many years ago. Did you have a big wedding now? Hundreds of uh, people? Huge, huge. Um, oh, really? Both sides were pretty big. My, my family side, not so big. But there were a lot of people I didn't even know who, you know, came all the way from Penang, uh, you know, and, and I, I could barely remember them. I could barely have time to even say five words to them. Um, the other side, my ex-wife's 
side of the family was was even bigger, um, and uh, it it was fun in in many ways. But at the same time, also I wondered. Um, I remember my father-in-law said, "I should have bought you guys a a car or a house with all that money, all the, all the." Yeah. And and we were like, yeah, yeah. That that we we kind of said we wanted to get married in the states quickly and come back and have maybe just very intimate something intimate instead and not spend a lot of money, not a lot of stress for you lot and for us. And uh, um, yeah, it it gives it gives a young couple. I was young once upon a time, believe it or not. That it gives them a, a a start in life with that money rather than you know. Yeah, probably could have bought you a, a car that was a house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I had I had a, my wedding was 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 the small kind of thing perhaps Danya that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It was just like the the immediate family. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a handful of friends. So I would say in that room there were ooh, thirty people. That um, sounds good to me. Yeah, that sounds good. Because at least mm. I'm assuming you remember most of your your wedding, right? Because I find whenever I speak to people, they don't really recollect what was the best part about the wedding because they generally are too tired from going around and doing everything. Well, especially with a lot of yam sing going on, then then they're not yeah, gonna yeah. Remember, they're, <laughs> they won't remember a thing. They're not gonna remember a thing. <laughs> but Daniel, don't don't you want to be a princess for a day? Oh Daniel? god, no. I hate I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I I have always told my father this and he hates it. Um, but I've told him like if I get married, let's register and then I'll have like a pizza party later on. Oh, oh this is shameful. You're bringing all, all all that family in India, they're gonna be just oh, pizza? Did you know? <laughs> well, I wasn't exactly thinking of inviting them to the pizza party, but 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 I don't know, because I think also on my part, especially with the ceremonial side of things, I don't understand the importance behind them. I think that's also probably an issue. Like, I don't know what, like, for example, in some in some Indian weddings, there's a, there's a part where the groom puts a ring on the bride's toe, not on her finger, on her toe. So, like, I don't understand what, is it like, a, I'll respect you as my wife in, in our household kind of, like, I don't know what all these things mean. And because I don't really speak my language, if the priest is saying something to me, I don't know what it means either. So to me, it just seems unnecessary. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, the symbolism yeah. is lost on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the symbolism so, is yeah. lost on me. So so maybe if someone walked through what happens during the ceremony with me, maybe I'd be more open to it. But at this point, because it just seems like a lot of money is going to be spent and I'm not going to be able to enjoy it to the fullest... You know, pizza party is pretty high in the ranking right oh, now. I, I can't, that just sounds so horrible. But <laughs> I, I, I have to say, actually, that I did go to once to a really huge wedding. And um, and the couple broke up the very next day. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but, but that's pretty rare. But it could have been the very huge wedding that did it, you know, Ken. Yeah, yeah. The pressure, the no, four costume I, changes. I went to a wedding fairly recently. Uh, somebody that Danya knows, one, one of her colleagues. And it was uh, it was fantastic. It was it was big, but it was like the, their whole family. The whole families were involved. They did the entertainment. Um, the entertainment was was really clever, um, and it looked great. The food was good, and I mean, I, I was a participant. I I wasn't. It was fun, Danya. You could do I a think, fun um, wedding. There is there is a point. You're making a good point because there are some weddings where the couple is involved in in mm. in something which they want to do. Um, yeah. When you feel their involvement, like for example, yeah, uh, my nephew' uh, wedding was 
almost like they were both very proud of it because they were part of it. They arranged all kinds of entertainments. The, 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 the wedding parties from both sides of the family moved from one location to another location. Um, yeah. And there were fun things happening. So when you feel like you've done something, like a lot of, a lot of uh, Malay weddings like mine, basically you are partially involved and you, you're, you're, you're happy with that. Most of the time you're just sitting there. You're yeah, just they, can't, they can be really super boring. Um, yeah, it can but, be dull. But Danya, the... if you, I mean, let's forget the pizza thing, okay? We'll, <laughs> we'll veto that. We'll veto that one. But I mean, if you had, if you were able to create it as uh, as your own personal, and and whoever you know, your your other might be at that time, mm-hmm. your own personal um, fun theater, wouldn't you like to do? I think I, I would. But I, I think it would also, I mean, in, in this economy, can we think about having a wedding? Okay. Like, <laughs> You know, you make a very good point and you've made it consistently. The money is the thing that frightens yes. you. Yeah. And also, I mean, if I could guarantee that it will be with close friends and family and not with people, I'm just sort of going to be like, hi, thanks for coming. And then yeah. just sort of moving on. Then yes. But also having to think about what my parents want, I think that also will be a problem. So which is why the pizza thing is there, Cam. The... Yeah. <laughs> Although, also, if, you, if you want to spend money, but you want it to be more meaningful, um, I didn't go, but a friend, uh, sort of like a distant friend, had a thing where it was for close friends, close family for both sides. More than 30 people, but still not that many people. What they did was they, they, they kind of, and, but it's very expensive, they, they kind of booked out an entire bunch of chalets at Panko Laut or something like that. Wow. And and but then it was over the whole weekend, so you mm-hmm. felt almost everybody got to know everybody else, and there was this thing like they were sharing a holiday, a, a mini festival, kind of thing. And I thought maybe that if you have the money, you don't mind spending the money. Uh, that that actually brings everybody together rather than it becomes something that that has a very standardized blueprint of like, you know. You, you, you watch the thing, you hear the speeches, you eat the food, at the end you shake your hands for 30 seconds as you leave, that kind of thing. At least it, 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 it has some kind of, it's an experience, a bonding yeah, experience. Yeah, but it, it doesn't answer Danya's uh, expense thing. I think, Danya, how about you just rent out a Domino's pizza for a weekend? <laughs> that, that could be good. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll just I, I can get my... you a good rate for a McDonald's party room. Oh, that's great. I can work with that too. Does, does Ronald McDonald come? <laughs> does that he officiate could, the wedding? That could be the highlight. <laughs> he can marry you, yeah. <laughs> he can marry Just you. Just don't, don't dance with him because you'll step in, on in his shoes. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I, hope, I hope we've helped you. But tune in next week when we have uh, Daniel's parents on the show. <laughs> and <laughs> we discuss this further. We listen to their views on the matter. Oh, but seriously, well, how do you think their views would be? Would they be like anything our little girl wants to do or over my dead oh, body? Oh, I, I think my father would reluctantly agree to a smaller wedding, but the, yeah, the pizza party thing ain't going to happen for sure. Um, yeah. but, but I think, I think he, I could probably convince him to agree to like a small, a smaller do, I think without the extra people who I've never met before or met for 30 seconds when I was born or something. Yeah. Are you, any of your siblings got married yet? Or are you, are you going to be, you know, none of your siblings. Yeah. Trailblazer. You're the trailblazer. Yeah. None of my siblings are are married. One, Uh, one might be getting married soon, but um, I I feel like I can already, cause he's, we've discussed 
weddings before. So he has sort of told like, yeah, when this, when you get married, we'll do this and this and this. And I was like, I feel stressed. I don't even have a boyfriend. So I don't yeah. oh, But you do have a twin sister. So that's another uh, other level of who goes first. Yeah, and, man. Yeah. No, you, do, you do. You do it. You tell him. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you first. You're the elder <laughs> one. You go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, you, you stay at, I stay at home, you pretend to be me. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, and and order the extra large Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, good luck with that, Danya. One final question, Danya. Would it, you have so many people in India, would it be cheaper if you went to India and got married than if they all came? It probably would, wouldn't well, it? There I, you go. Wouldn't that I, be fun? I, uh, wouldn't it? that be fun? A destination yeah. wedding? Yeah. Out there. Then, then everyone from here would have to go over there. I'll be up with that. Wouldn't that be fun though? <laughs> you know, I'd go. All right, right Kev. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> all right, I'll tell you guys what my wedding's in India. I'll send you guys an invite. All right. Oh my god, I bet the food would be fantastic. It'll be great. No, oh, that's yeah. the one thing we can guarantee: the food will be great. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, you guys something about Punjabi food, right? Yeah. Was, oh. I'm feeling hungry already. I want you to get married now. <laughs> okay, let's, we must move on, and we'll. We'll check back on you from time to time, Daniel. Um, so we're going to move on to topic number two, which is uh, problem versus dilemma and Godzilla. Now, uh, <laughs> I actually, I actually you're laughing every time. This is very serious. No, because okay. the way oh. you say it, it's like it's like uh, it's an addition, like problems and dilemma in Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla. Right. Okay, Godzilla colon problems versus dilemma. So um, uh, I actually got the the this from uh, military. Uh, source. He was talking about the war in Ukraine, and he's pointing out that you want to you want to uh, make sure that your enemy doesn't have a problem but has a dilemma, because a problem has a single solution, whereas a dile- dilemma has two or more potential solutions, and none of them are good. Um, they they might contradict each other. So uh, I was watching Godzilla, the old. Godzilla, the sort of 1990s one with Matthew Broderick. I was in a hotel in Penang. It was like <laughs> literally the only thing on TV. And um, and I was watching it and I was thinking, this is a pretty terrible movie. Directed by a good director, but it it had it had it suffered from it had one problem. This giant thing God called Godzilla had arrived in New York, and all they had to do was kill it. So the problem was, how do you kill it? But it was like pretty simple. You just call in the military and then kill it and that was that um problem solved but if you think about the japanese godzilla the japanese created godzilla and the, well i mean i mean they created the the fiction of godzilla <laughs> um but godzilla actually represents japan godzilla represents the japanese it's the idea as post war it's it's brought to life by a nuclear explosion and it suddenly destroys tokyo but it's it's from Japan. They know the audience know it's from Japan. This is our thing. So in in a way, there is a moral dilemma insofar as they can empathize with Godzilla because it is Japan. But they must destroy it because it's going to destroy Japan. Yes, it's a mutation that not that did not ask to exist. It- yeah, yeah. And uh, so I think good movies create dilemmas, and and they're few and far between. But Hollywood movies especially just create a problem. It's why the third act of most movies are really boring because it's just like them, car chases, gunshots, and then ooh, they kill, done. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I've stumbled onto uh, quite a clever concept here. <laughs> um, 
Uh, can anyone, either of you, quote perhaps uh, examples of uh, movies that have uh, fascinating dilemmas? Well, I don't know. What, well, while you were talking about it, I, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest problem or, or the biggest villain we have right now when it comes to big movies with a lot of action and, you know, very bombastic, very, you know, large um, di- uh, problems or dilemmas is like superhero films. Mm. Um, I kind of enjoyed um, something called um, Civil War and also um, Winter Soldier because um, you get this feeling that the bigger problem, the big, um, the large problem that is solved by the excessive force and all that didn't, wasn't, wasn't the, the main thing. You know, it, the third act was split into, especially Civil War, the third act was split into something more personal at the end. In Civil War, the thing was, these, these two groups had to fight each other because they were on different sides of, um, uh, of, an, of, of, of an idea, of a very dangerous idea. But that was over uh, before the actual climax. And the actual climax was just more intimate between two members of the group where it became more of a personal thing between mm. the two of them and their past. And, and, and uh, it gets a bit more complicated. It's along the same lines. But then it becomes, and it's not even all that um, explosive anymore. The pain is like these are two friends beating the hell out of each other. And I thought that that was a great way to, 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 to solve that problem of yours because then it be, becomes a dilemma rather than a problem because um, there is no solution. They, 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 are, they are fighting each other. They're doing this. They're doing that. Nothing seems to work to the point that everything gets broken, more broken um, as it ends. Yeah, uh, that okay. is a resolution, but it's so messy, at the, you know, in the end that that uh, it feels like real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were going to quote Citizen Kane there, but uh, no, instead it was uh, Marvel. But Most uh, people will go like, now I have to watch the whole movie to understand what you're talking about. Also, yeah. too many spoilers in Citizen Kane. <laughs> Rosebud, Rosebud. It was a sledge. It was a sledge. Um, Old camp. uh, Danya, do do, 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 do you you fall for my my theory? I I don't know. Because when when I was thinking about this, and and wouldn't something like Jaws be more of a problem than a dilemma? And I think Jaws is a good movie. It's a great film. Yeah. Right? And... I, I, maybe you could argue a dilemma that was maybe we shouldn't kill the shark because we're actually in its territory and we're encroaching on it. But I feel like that was a pretty simple, like, there's a shark, it's eating our children, and we should kill it. Um, I, I, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll counter with this, though, <laughs> is that um, for those of you who haven't watched Jaws, I feel sorrow and pity <laughs> for you. So you won't know what I'm talking about. But Captain Quinn mm. is mad. I mean, he he progressive. We discover yeah. that he's mad. So I guess there is a kind of dilemma. It's like we're going off to to kill this shark to save people, but the guy who actually runs the ship seems to want to die. Yeah, okay. and we're all going to kill everybody else. One yeah, yeah, we're all going to die in the process of it. So how do we? Yeah, maybe. But you're right. You're right. Well, because yeah, yeah because, the problems yeah. and dilemma. In, in storytelling, I mean, basically, I guess in real life, if you're talking about the Ukrainian war, it's like there's so many perspectives. I mean, like, like it's a problem and dilemma. Uh, you're, you're looking at different perspectives, somebody in Malaysia who, who thinks it's a horrible war, but you're not involved. And it's a com- completely different thing for somebody who's running an army, completely different thing for somebody who's behind the lines but living in an apartment that's being blown up. You know what I mean? It has all these different stakes. But mm. in, a, in a film, 
you're, you're, you're telling a story to one group of, and you're, you're, you're telling a story from one point of view. And I think with Jaws also, what the good thing is like, yeah, it's a simple problem, but it's got complex characters. It's got all these hierarchies. Like you said, he's mad. Um, uh, the, the guy who ends up with the solution turns out to be the guy who, from the very beginning, the, 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 the sheriff, who seems to not know what he's doing at all. Yeah, the least it's capable. It's like these two, these two men, least capable, these two men, one is a marine biologist, I know exactly how to do it. We use this and we use that. And the other guy's like, no, I use my barrels and just, <laughs> you know, my hardcore methods and all that. And, and in the end, it's the cop who's like, it's about survival, guys. <laughs> mm. You know, let's go back to this. Why are we going out to sea? Let's go back to the shore. The and, and, and actually, yeah. was actually telling them the right thing all along. And actually, just to... to, to... Uh, finish my Jaws thing. Actually, yeah, you're right. With uh, Daniel, with the Jaws thing, whole thing begins with a dilemma in that uh, Chief Brody has taken his family out of dangerous New York to save them. And he's taken them to a place which is even more dangerous because of a shark. And his family are kind of like saying, uh, are they in danger? So his dilemma is, I should go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we I mean, discover in the second that. one that he doesn't go back to New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's, a good it's, point. It's, huh? it's it's really interesting because I guess when you put it that way, the whole film is very simple. It's a shark that that, but there's a lot of dilemmas that's put up mm. by different people's views. It's like close the beaches. No, it's the Fourth of July, so I won't close the beaches. So it becomes a simple problem becomes a dilemma. Because the shark is so simple, the shark just does one you know? thing: it mm. it swims and it eats, and makes more baby sharks. I think some chap somebody says that <laughs> doesn't Richard Dreyfus say that? He might say it. I it just swims that. and eats and makes baby sharks. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, that's my theory, and I would suggest you watch movies and and, and sort of tick off. But people actually like the problem. It's style movie because it's so much simpler you don't have to think you just sort of sit back I, I was going to defend I would like to defend the Godzilla Matthew Broderick version because oh, I love that movie I love it I mean yeah. it might be it might be attached to like a childhood thing because I watched it when I was really young um, I think it's it's, a, it's entertaining it's like stupid entertainment I, I think it's not that bad yeah, a good director, but I think that a lot of the entertainment is just in the person of Matthew Broderick yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> yes, yes, probably. You're right. <laughs> it's just fun to watch him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but when he's on screen, it's a bit more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very watchable. But also, when you're a kid, a monster is always fun to look at. Doesn't matter what the monster is doing. Which yeah, kind of leads true. to what what which what kind of leads us on <laughs> on to the third topic, which we will talk about with CGI here in a moment on a bit of culture BFM eighty nine point nine. And we're back uh, with myself, uh, Cam Rasland, Danya and I, and uh, Naamura. During the break, uh, we were still trying to persuade Danya to have a proper wedding, but uh, <laughs> no, she won't do it. No it's luck. No luck. <laughs> it's pizzas. It's a dilemma. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so now, topic number three uh, CGI. Is it any good? No? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Um, it is good. It is amazing. But I'm. I'm beginning to feel that CGI, we, we're getting so used to it. And it's become, uh, it's like, you know, um, you, you go somewhere and you see something beautiful for the first time. You're like, oh, that's amazing. But once you've been there for a few months, it's like, oh, that's that beautiful thing again. It's, it's like um, CGI needs to do more than just be spectacular. And, and I, um, Kem and I were talking about how when we were kids, we would watch movies like those Ray Harryhausen films 
which used stop motion animation, and we knew it was fake. Uh, even CGI, everybody knows it's fake. But then there's something real about about special effects um, up to a point, uh, you know. And, and I suppose that is why, in the days of of stop motion animation, the the sequences were never never too long, and you always had to mix in some real people into it, like the Jason and the Argonauts um, skeleton battle. They kept cutting to like close-ups of people actually fighting um, real human beings with swords so that you were brought back into the reality of it for a second at least. So you wouldn't get overused to, to the fact that it's a special effect. And I remember my first major special effects movie was something, The Abyss, I think, by by um, uh, James Cameron. James Cameron, yeah. And, and the they used it so sparingly that, that it was enchanting. I was like, wow, this is spectacular. This is wonderful. And then came Jurassic Park, which also blew me away. But now sometimes the special effects that CGI can become so consuming that you're just, okay, that's spectacular, but hurry up. It just becomes this thing that's there. It's like your car chasers at the end of, of, of a particular movie. It's exciting at first, but if the car chase goes on for about six minutes, even though it's a real car chase with real cars flipping over, you just get numb to it, and yeah. and and I'm wondering, I'm I'm wondering if there isn't, you know, a way. I think special effects, especially CGI, should be used sparingly. Um, mm. I tend to like special effects when you don't know it's there. CGI. There's a lot of things like there's something I watched recently called The Periphery, which um, part of the story is London in the year 2099 or something. Like, uh, um, yeah, 2099, and um, the, the the design for London of that era is spectacular, but you only see glimpses of it. You you don't have a pl a plane, you know, doing a flyby and things exploding and everything. And and when it sets up the mood and the place and the time, it it really works because it, yeah. it really brings you to that place, and it doesn't call that much attention onto itself. I don't know. Another thing is recently I love I love three D animation. I love everything that Pixar does. But recently I watched Coraline which is claymation. And there's something about claymation. I'm not saying it's better, but whenever I watch claymation, I feel as though everything on screen is more alive because it's actually bits of clay that's been photographed. There is a textural thing to it. It just feels more real. I know it's just as unreal as something that's rendered on, in, a, in a computer, but there's something about uh, um, what, that it looks real. Uh, it yeah. looks like something that's alive. I, I yeah. don't know. Um, CGI now, what they've what they've done is people are going back to doing more practical sets, and this leads up to my recommendation later, like uh, the show Endor. They decided not to. Now what they have is they have this room which is like a three sixty thing, where the backdrop is on digital, and so the actors can see where they are, what the backdrop is, um, and what what happens then is. It, it should be better, but at the same time, the actors um, are always in this state of like, oh, look at that. Whereas when you're doing a practical set, eventually they feel that they live there. They, they, they react to it far more naturally. And um, there's something about practical effects that just works for whoever's on set as actors. And it also works in people who are watching it. You, you know, like, yeah. like when, when an actor actually leans against a building and you see dust flying out of it, you're like, I'm really there. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, so um, a, a lot of terminology there for the uninitiated. Um, uh, but, Which one? Uh, well, uh, we're just sets, gonna... Meaning they're not 
they're, they're actually there. They're they are. Actually they're actually there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Danya, I mean, you must have watched a lot of uh, CGI in your time. Are you, are you immune to it now? Or you, I mean, you... I, I, I would kind of agree with Nah. I would say because I think nowadays I only really think about the CGI if it's bad. I think because we know we have the level of technology that we have now, it's easy to see when it's bad. But when it's good, I never really think about it. Um, and I think I'm more impressed when I watch older movies. If I watch Star Wars, if I do a rewatch of the original Star Wars or of Jurassic Park, I always go, wow, that looks really good for its time. And mm. I don't go, when I watch Avengers or you know anything like that, I don't go like, the CGI is amazing. I'm just sort of like, yes, that's how it's meant to be because you have the capability to do it. Um, that I'm not really blown away anymore. And I think that's also um, the latest Avatar movies coming out, right? Which has taken however many years to do. And part of me is not as excited as I would have been for you know the first the first Avatar when that came out and James Cameron released it. Everyone was you know was, was wow, it's so great, it looks so real, it's so beautiful. I don't know if it will have the same impact as it did with the first movie. Um, I think we're so used to it. I think I think Nas right. There is something that has to be changed in and how they use CGI or when they how often they use CGI anyway. Um, so so yeah, I'm a bit it's it's a bit lackluster at this point for me. I think. I've seen the tra- I've seen the trailers, Cam, for the new Avatar film. We are. I, I I mean, the first one to me, like most successful movie of all time, is it still? It yeah, was, it, it, it was it terrible. Game. Yeah, it was so it, insanely bad. Uh, I'm just like, was, seriously, people queued up to watch this rubbish. It's yeah, it's quite quite. I mean, well, I thought it was quite spectacular. I mean, I looked at the, oh, the trailer for the new one, you know? and I think it's beautiful. But but. It's nice to watch it in a trailer because it's almost like you're watching a Chuti Chuti Malaysia kind of thing. You're like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> but, but, you know, when you're oh, in Perak, there... Oh, Perak looks... You know, tell, told the tell story. Son, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to watch for five minutes, but when you're... Uh, when was the last time we went to Taipei? When it's like, you know, you're you supposed to care for the characters and what's going on. It has to be... It can't overwhelm. Mm. It shouldn't oh, like for example, I thought that um um Wakanda Forever did that very well. Oh, there were moments which really? were beautiful special effects, but then it was overtaken by the intensity of what was happening. I just went on forever. But um I, you know James Cameron, I think is interesting because he um in many ways has been so instrumental in in uh, bringing CGI to us. Uh, Terminator Two had um you know the the sort of the mercury liquid metal thing, and it was they were very clever. And I don't know revisiting it Daniel. i don't know i don't know if how it would look to revisit i mean i i, I revisited at a jurassic park the other day and i was thinking well look at those cartoon dinosaurs walking around <laughs> i mean you, they they really do look like that now they but i don't think i ever thought there were anything other than cartoon dinosaurs i never thought for a second oh my god there's a real dinosaur yeah you, know, you can never think that but it's, just, no, you can't. it's just a represent <laughs> oh there's a representation of a dinosaur even yeah. in the old days with 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 a uh, stop motion we never thought it was real, but we enjoyed it anyway because, like you say, it's a representation. Um, and uh, if you're lost in the storytelling, then you actually can believe that this dinosaur can actually bite. Um, no, you don't believe it. Wh- whoever you don't, you, you don't, you don't believe it. I mean, Caroline no. Monroe into half, but you know. I think you. you I don't know. You're dazzled by something. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I I watch CGI now. I've always watched it and I've always thought CGI is not yet technologically good enough to do the things that you want it to do. It's actually not good enough. It's not there yet. No, um, it's not. Because each time, 
Jurassic Park was what, 20 years ago? 97. Yeah. No? Uh, 95? Uh, 93, 93, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Almost 30 years ago. 30 years. Maybe we should revisit these. Whereas, I mean, um, you go back and look at a, a Disney movie from the 50s or something, and it's still like, well, it's pretty colorful and fun and <laughs> and stuff. I don't know. I'm, I watched the original Mary Poppins, yeah? Mm. And yeah. almost everything was practical. And uh, it felt still spectacular to me. I mean, like, that was that's Julie Andrews literally just floating onto the, you know, from the sky right down to, to Cherry Tree Lane or whatever. And it just felt very real. Yeah, but but no, I mean, you grew up when, yeah, when you were growing up, you know, all you had were two sticks and it was like, yeah, <laughs> was yeah. Like, oh, two sticks. Um, or Christopher Lee with two fangs in his teeth and a little drop of blood, <laughs> the scariest thing on the planet. Yeah. So Danya is going to be, is harder to, to um, please, but harder I don't know, to... even younger people than you, Danya, be even more hard to please, aren't they? Yeah, but, but I mean, I mean, it kind of depends now. I, I mean, I don't look for fault in the CGI when I watch it. Like, I, I think there was a difference. That was a difference. I think when I was younger, especially because I like I love Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, there was a part of me that was sort of looking, you know, like uh, the Dementors looking like they could really exist in our world. You know, things like that I would look for. But nowadays, I don't really, even if it's something I really enjoy, like I'm going to a new Star Wars thing or whatever, I don't look for this, this look lifelike. I expect it to be lifelike. So I'm not, easily impressed if that makes sense the 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 bar of expectation has changed for me from when i yeah. was younger as wow. as still now yeah. you know? daniel you're more, cold, more so you're now, cold more so, you are <laughs> more so now they have to um, editing really really helps i mean like like um like i said about about the old uh, stop motion stories even now with cgi i notice that that things that work will have to go back to close-ups real human beings reacting to something Having a, you know, like for example, a lot of the scariest bits in a lot of the story is, um, is not initially, yes, is to see this CGI monster, which is very interesting to look at for a few seconds, but they always have to cut to an actual actor with a bit of practical effect in it. Like, for example, if the monster reaches out, the hand has to be real and he has to touch the actor and you have to see a real reaction. And that brings you back into the emotion of it, into the reality of it. If it's all CG and it's all long shots and people are running around, you lose it very quickly. It okay. starts to become a video game. Okay, we got got to move on, but very quickly, the three of us best special effects you've seen, uh, Danya. Oh, uh, I doesn't can't... have to be CGI. It doesn't. Well, I, well, I guess I have to say Avatar, the first Avatar. <laughs> I think I was I, really impressed yeah? at that time. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was I, beautiful. I mean, but... Yeah, it was beautiful. I, I think I even now, like, how many years has it been? Like, like ten years? I don't know, but like. Uh, I'm still I'm still impressed by the CGI. I'm not that impressed by the story. Actually, I was more impressed by the CGI. Are uh, you impressed time. as artwork, as a picture book kind of thing? As as uh, the, the the world that it created looked pretty and and yeah, kind of I I would say that I would say that probably and and that and maybe Lord of the Rings, like the first trilogy. Oh yeah, Lord I of was, the Rings. Yeah. yeah oh, Rings, beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah. That yeah. was great. Love that very one. Good. Yeah. 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 But that uh, again, um, Peter Jackson was very good at. Uh, reactions and mm. making the people, the real people, their reactions becoming yours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they were shot. I mean, you know, the hobbits were shot separately from the, the kind of tall people. Yeah, and yeah, it, was, yeah. it was so complicated. 
and it looked beautiful. It was very, very good. Uh, our, my my best special effects is, is a practical effect from the movie The Thing, horror movie The Thing. Oh, it's lovely. It's yeah, yeah. Cost. Because it's there, right? You can actually see the slime dripping. <laughs> yeah, and it it was just because I think also because it was I think I was also thinking how the hell did they do that? One, it's hideous and terrifying, and how did they do that? Do you know, Cam? That one of the shots they had, um, they had they, they were shooting in a studio and in the South Pole or wherever it was, up in Canada somewhere. Oh uh, yeah, North Pole. And um, there was a bit where there were supposed to be these tendrils that were a, sh- a quick shot of tendrils going into a window. Then they realized that they were shooting only outdoor bits and they had left all the special effects stuff <laughs> back in when they were shooting in the studio. So what the special effects guys did was they took bits of tissue and cardboard and wrapped it up and painted it red. And that was all it was. But because at that point, you were so heightened. Any glance, any glimpse of the alien was so frightening that people didn't know that it was just, you know, bits of toilet paper that rolled up <laughs> to look like tendrils. And, you know, with the sound effects. Oh, sound effects is so important because my, my number one would still be, um, uh, all things considered, the, the, some of the space bits in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Because the way space is shown is so, it's silent, it's dark. All you hear is the guy breathing inside his suit. And the movements are not exaggerated. It looks like this guy is floating into space. Like, for example, I love Gravity, the one with Sandra. A lot of fun movie, great effects. But Bullock. because the Bullock. camera Bullock. was swirling around and there were like a million things and they all missed her and everything. Your, your, your suspension is, whereas in, in, in um, 2001, when somebody floated somewhere, they were just going to float that way and they were, you know, it, it just felt like real reality. Mm. Um, the whole spaceship felt real. Um, everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, keep your eyes on, eyes on that, folks. And, uh, well, I guess I'll, like everyone else, I'll go and watch Avatar 2. <laughs> Heaven help me. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah I, I'll probably... Yeah. Just for the popcorn. Yeah. Um, I'll go if I get invited to your pizza wedding, Danya. Okay? (laughs) Definitely both of you are invited. that's what it takes. All right. Oh, the numbers are growing already. That's a theme. A wedding where all you do is you sit down and you watch wedding movies. Oh, yeah. That could work. My best friend's wedding. A wedding. Oh, Danya's parents are going to be so happy when they hear this okay we must move on before she gets disowned um we move on then to the final part of the show recommendations where we recommend something that we think might be of interest and danya and i goes first yeah so speaking of claymation i would like to recommend a movie i just watched on netflix called wendell and wild um it's a stop motion uh claymation movie um Made by the people who made Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Um, it's also uh, Jordan Peele and uh, his partner, comedic partner, Keegan. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So they're in it. And it's really nice. It, it's the same kind of trope of um, horror, horror kind of for children. Um, and it's basically about this kid who um, her parents die in a car accident and she summons two demons um, who to try and bring her parents back. Um, it's like huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is for kids, but on Netflix it says eighteen plus, so I don't know. It was made for kids, um, and yeah, I, I kind of like this. I, I always like these kind of. I've liked stop motion movies, um, especially because Coraline used to be my favorite. Uh, I think it still is my favorite um, animated movie. I would say um, animated stop motion movie, but and I think we don't have enough content of of horror in this kind of genre that is directed at kids. I think there's a lot of um, feeling of need to protect the kids. Uh, 
from these kind of things. Um, and I, and yeah. I, yeah, you know. Yeah. Can I can I recommend two things then for for for, 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 for the kid in you? Something called Paranorman and something okay. else called Monster House. Those those two were, are for kids. It's both um, claymation, if I'm not mistaken, mm. but both wonderful, great fun. Monster House and Paranorman. Oh. And, and Paranorman is by the same company that did Coraline. Like. Mm. Uh, Danya, can I just double check one thing with this? Sorry, what's the name of, name of it again? It's Wendell and Wild. Uh, just just promise me, Tim Burton was not involved on any level. Was <laughs> Tim Burton was not involved. Okay, so good for <laughs> So the the movie does eventually end. It, it does. <laughs> right. Thank goodness. I, I'm right, sorry. I, I didn't mean to bring up your hate against Tim Burton. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay, sounds good. Wendell and no, Wild. Wendell on, and Wild on Netflix. Uh, on Netflix. Mm. Okay. Um, well, my recommendation is also on Netflix. And in a first on a bit of culture, it also stars, well, I, I use the word stars in a very broad sense. It stars the guest here, Na'am Murad. Oh. oh, oh, I was, okay. I, I wasn't going to recommend that, but I was going to mention it. <laughs> mention it, yeah. So uh, the movie is called Spilt gravy oh my god it's um, on netflix already it's on netflix <gasps> it's on netflix it's been it, for about a week yeah yeah, yeah. and uh naam morad is in it it's also the original play was written by his brother the late uh jit morad and um it's really good it's really good <laughs> it's really good i mean it's that uh, rahim the whole cast is is is, is, is fantastic and yeah I, I think um it it really is a, a great tribute to that original play and and Jit, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in it. He's in it too. He's in it, he's definitely. Because it. Um, it, it was made, gosh, how, when was it made? 15 years ago? <laughs> 12, 12, 11, 11 or 12 years ago. And there's no and, CGI. Very that, no, <laughs> I, but there are quite clunky old uh, mobile phones. So <laughs> yes. there, and, there and, are text and, messages. <laughs> and that's not me, Cam. That's actually Claymation. I, I, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> right. Um, Danya, I, I, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I've not. I've heard. I've only heard about it and like read read other people's reviews of it. So I I knew it was coming to Netflix. I didn't know when it was out. So I, I'm gonna do that after this. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna watch it on Netflix. You should. It oh. it is really good. It is really. It good. is good. You'll enjoy. It. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoy. It's it, it's an alternative. It, it to me it it's an alternative to the kind of movies that Malaysia should have more of. Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna diss the more commercial films because you know there's commercial films everywhere, but there are other topics and other ways to tell stories on film and on television, Malaysian-made stuff, um, and and we are not exploring it enough. Yeah. And I'm so glad this one is finally out there. Yeah, yeah, and also different communities that don't. I mean, you know, don't always get um, any airtime. So it's uh, it's it stars it, in it is just about everybody that uh, I know, me and Nara know, <laughs> um, except for me. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Spilt gravy available on Netflix now. And nah, what's your gonna, I'm going to change the channel from Netflix to Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> uh, I would like to uh, to recommend something called Endor, uh, which is which is a Star Wars um, streaming show. And I know a lot, there's a lot of silence on the other side of people like, oh god, Star Wars. We had enough of it. But I think it's the perfect show for people who are casually casual fans of Star Wars or you know of Star Wars and you realize uh, it's, it's, it's an icon. It's, it's, it's culturally significant. But, you know, it's, it's had its moment. You know, it's, it's not uh, relevant anymore. This makes it relevant because what it does is it takes Star Wars, it breaks it apart more for the adult mem uh, viewers 
And it goes into the minutia of what it means to actually be an empire. It shows the bureaucracy. It shows the, mm. the, the, the corruption. It shows how a rebellion starts. The people, you know, it's not about this almost fantasy like heroes, a princess and a, and a guy who learns to become a Jedi. All that is still the same universe. They are robots. They are, they are you know, you still get to hear pew, pew, pew and stuff like that. It's all okay. that. They are, they are <laughs> occasional alien. But if, if it's anything, it's like imagine Star Wars written by John Le Carre with a little bit of help from Alistair McLean when it comes to, you know, like how Alistair McLean, <laughs> all these 70s writers, right? When they were writing about, 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 you know, men out in the field, you know, like covert operations and also Frederick Forsyth, the details behind these things, these um, um, intrigues, uh, international intrigues. And, and I, I, I recommend it to even people who are not fans of Star Wars. Matter of fact, if you're not a fan of Star Wars, you probably enjoy it much more. Okay, well, I you you, you sold me, but Danya, have you? Um, have you seen I, it? I I tentatively may watch it. I I feel betrayed oh. by previous Star Wars content, especially yeah. ones from Disney. Um, so I I, might I, I, I hear this a lot, but I don't feel it. I don't see what Do what's not? the problem. In a, in a word, what's the problem? It's bad. That's the word. It's bad. Yeah, it will, what what I think the problem okay. is it tries it tries to relive. The older concepts, the older characters, it tries to please the eight-year-old in, in most of the audience. Whereas it has to move on. It has to, 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 to the universe has to expand. That, and it yeah. did pretty well with the first three movies, but it's still quibbling about what should we do with Luke Skywalker? What should we do with Han Solo? Blah, blah, blah. The thing is with, with um, did, did, Cam, did you not yeah. watch, um, and, and Daniel, did you not watch um, Rogue One? What did you think of Rogue One? I loved Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was, was, was really good. I, because it didn't really involve much from the original trilogy up up until the end, um, I thought it was super good. It was one of the few Disney uh, Disney produced ones that I really really enjoyed. And but I think you're right about it because they don't want to move on from yeah. from Luke and 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 Han. So it always feels like can we just you know we you're ruining what we originally had. Can we just move on? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, and then do different things like Rogue. Like this is an expansion of of the story behind Rogue One. Ah. And it's that kind of, because because previously we felt as though the rebellion was just a bunch of people who were there behind the heroes who were cannon fodder. Now you get to see how it forments, how how a rebellion starts in a galaxy of billions of people. Um, it, it, it's, it's actually extra. I, I can't even explain it. You need a whole show by itself. But okay. I recommend you, you you guys watch it. You just just try the first episode and you'll enjoy it. All right, I'll check it out. Uh, all right, all right. Dania, I, will. I'm, I will. I'm sold. I'm sold. Well, uh, did you did you like Solo, the Han Solo one? Yeah, mm, no, I like it. I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah, okay. all right. <laughs> it was alright. It was alright. Is it? Well is made. it? You're all well made and you're all entertaining, but you're not exceptional. Is it like Danya? I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to the Beatles and I'm going like the Beatles are the best, right? Yeah. And then you walk in and you want to put on some Kanye West. I believe <laughs> the young people are listening to him now, um, because it's <laughs> oh. like. That's that's it's it's new and different, and that's what we should be listening to. And I'm is it? No, because because like, how would you feel if someone came and said we are the Beatles and we're gonna play all their songs? Like, how would you feel about that? Like, would you? You're making me angry now. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hit something. (laughs) And they'll be like, "We're better than the Beatles. We're the Beatles now." Okay, all right. Okay. The Star Wars thing is almost as though, like that. five years after the Beatles, the fans still want the Beatles to play music, still want them to do 
you know, she loves me, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but Paul McCartney people, is they, now in wings. They, they evolved. They evolved <laughs> themselves amazingly, you know, like in so many directions. Okay, so you talk, talk the language I understand. <laughs> yeah, they don't get it. Thank you. I, my blood is still boiling. So, um, and on that, and on that note, we uh, come to an end uh, with this week's episode. And um, I'd like to thank Noah Murad. Thank you for having me. And um, I'd like to send my commiserations to the family of Danya Naya. <laughs> uh, they're, they're never going to see that little girl. <laughs> Cam, we have to arrange a marriage for this young lady, Cam. Let's yep. find a nice man. <laughs> yes. With yes. pizza, guys. With pizza. Oh, if seriously, if that's your dowry, then <laughs> well, Domino's we'll work, pizza. We'll work it out. But anyway, thank you very much also to Danya and I for being so open and honest with us. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yep, yep. And um myself, Cam Russland. And so please join us next week for another exciting episode. Uh, where I cannot guarantee that someone's going to destroy the relationship with their family, um, of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.